0: the lady blurt sings the blues a podcast where three beautiful full figured talented black women talk about their experiences navigating through the world and trying to make space for themselves where space wasn't really granted i'm sometimes v and here we got i am prowess the testament and i'm kylie too smart all right it's been a second. I'm back this week. I know I wasn't there the last time uh, during our recording. I was a little bit, uh, you know, just busy navigating, uh, navigating things, and um, you know, navigating seems to be the word of the week. Navigating, navigating, um, but navigating uh, just some normal life things from weddings to memorial services to event planning. So, uh, you know kudos to progress and kylie for taking the reins you guys did a wonderful episode it was hilarious good things were discussed so um, if you just want to hear an exclusive of Prowess a testament and kylie too smart please check out the last episode there they got some goodies like sierra my goodies my goodies my goodies my
1: goodies
0: <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and start with um, how's your week. So um, I know Kylie wants to talk about a couple things that happened a couple weeks ago. So I'll let her get started.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I've been dying to talk about this, guys. Like, seriously. I was like, I don't have to wait until V gets back here. Um, so I have the opportunity to check out the California Life Sciences um, event for um advancing racial and social equity um and that that was an amazing experience because a it was like the first event that i had actually been to in a long time like since covid and b just to meet um all of these talented BIPOC people who were in different realms of science like people, I mean, like biologists and neurologists and people who are starting nonprofits and who are really, um, have their feet on the ground, doing the work that is required to actually like raise all of us up, not just the BIPOC community, but all of us as a a society as a whole. Um, And so being able to meet so many different, but yet like-minded people uh, was an incredible experience. So many strong women like, Black women showed out at that event. Like we were there loud and proud. And
0: to be clear, this this, pre- this uh, event in particular was uh, celebrating their new executive director of racial and social equity, uh, Ilyasha Pete um most days she goes by illy um but yeah they they onboarded her recently uh to you know just guide the way for how to show up at work and also how to embed uh you know evolved dei efforts i'm gonna call it evolved dei efforts um externally as well um so it was really cool because like like kylie said bunch of us showed up and said we are rooting for illy we're here for illy and like we support her 110 120 150 we'll even say a 200 so it was really cool yeah it was really cool to onboard her and anybody who needs to look up what california life sciences is all about please go and check out their website it's cali it looks like it says cali life but it's life lifesciences.org and, and that's a good place to go check out. Yes, and
2: I if, also uh, thought it was, oh sorry, go ahead promise. No, just a, a quick question for both of you. Is this, this event, so is Life Sciences, is that industry not well known for? Um, I'm sure, but for diversity, equity, and inclusion?
0: Um, I'm not sure what their past history is because um, based off of the event that we went to, there was a woman who was there who was I think, like, the VP-esque type of person of Mm -hmm. equity. Uh, But I know in the Bay that, you know, we have acknowledged that DEI efforts haven't been as thorough and meaningful. It's just been kind of like a checkmark, sort of like a a tokenism effort to, sure, let's hire somebody who is brown, indigenous, black, whatever, but are we going to provide them the resource and access to make them feel liberated in the room? And so... Um, it's kind of like one of those things where if you show up in the space as somebody who's black, great. You made a huge stepping stone past what is been traditional thought, blah, blah, blah. Right. But yeah. once you step in, it's like you're expected to figure everything out because, because everybody else has probably had generally general gener, generational guidance, except for this black person who's probably coming from like a traditional. And I, what I mean by traditional is that, we've been oppressed our whole lives. So a lot of us have grown up at low income. And so so when you step into these spaces where it's like, oh, it's a little bit more, we transcended past what is expected of us, Now, how do we navigate the space? And no one gives you resources on how to navigate the space. And you're surrounded by other people who don't look like you. So it's a little bit more difficult to feel like a belonging in that space.
1: I think they also addressed it on both sides, um, not just on the industrial side, in the industry, but also the communities that are being served and how information and education is shared within those communities, how funding is shared within those communities as well. Um, I think that was one of the most interesting aspects of like the speakers talking about where they have come from, the efforts that they are doing to reach our communities, um, and how they're being able to find this funding, because it's not that the funding is not there. like There's enough <laughs> funding out there, but it's literally having access to it, knowing which channels to go through. Um, who will let you in through the door to get pieces of that pie. Um, So a lot of, it was both sides um, and they had little stations set up that had like different topics and you could talk to somebody um, and get a little more information about each one. Um, But what I also found really interesting as it pertains to this podcast in particular, uh, we're we're just sitting and chatting chatting and talking and a lot of these people were were just like, oh yeah, we watch anime we watch anime in the boardrooms at break time <laughs> and these are people who like are the heads of their nonprofits. you know like people who we normally were just like oh like they are too busy or they're too high up or they're like they've got too much on their plate to look, they got families they got families like why would they be interested in they anime? got board
0: or, like, <laughs> members to juggle who cares about anime who
1: cares about anime or who cares about manga or who cares about comics and they're just like oh, no, we absolutely, like, need that break from work life. Um, and so it was, we had such just genuinely fun conversations about the podcast and what it is, like, just to be ourselves in the workplace. And I so I just, I really enjoyed that conversation as so well. I was speaking to one woman about anime, and then literally, like, the next moment she was up on the stage speaking, and I was like, oh, <laughs> didn't even realize this okay. woman's like the president of her company and she's That's like, I awesome. came from the hood. She was like, I'm here to educate and to lift up all of like the people that are in my community. Um, so that was just it was such a, a feel good time. It felt like a definite win. And then we went to Mini Boss and like can't can't lose. listen <laughs> well, I am just saying
0: <laughs> like anybody cinemas.
1: who infuses
0: artificial cinnamon in their drinks is just asking for violence they're just oh. asking you to have their beat like their ass whooped <laughs> The your food stuff i
2: wow it has gone global i mean the, the drinks the drinks
1: the, in the drinks
2: because in the drinks i've never heard of that but i'm like it was, oh my there god there were
1: two drinks in particular where it was like you could smell that there were other ingredients but you couldn't taste anything but cinnamon like it was so i think it was one where i
0: was like no never i was like Like, just sniff it and drink it
2: (laughs) i don't even know what artificial cinnamon tastes like Like,
1: not good not great it's It's fireball it's fireball
0: you know and if oh my is listening to this you're trash for liking fireball like (laughs) to be clear baby bro or baby bro i think he's older than us i don't know you liking Fireball
1: is trash. Dude, yes, bro. we can
0: fight in the streets when we see each other next. I'm ready. <laughs> al- the hide. That's what I figured. <laughs> Ugh. I don't want to have
2: cinnamaldehyde. Al- I'll,
0: I'll pass. <sighs> yeah, no, and they were heavy handed with the alcohol. Like, I i got home and I was like, what is this feeling? Oh, yeah, but you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I haven't felt that an
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, um, the moment that you feel like you enter adulthood is when you're able to just <laughs> toast tortillas over the open flame if you have a gas stove <laughs> and you flip it with your fingers. Um, mind and, that you
2: don't wash them, yeah.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, when we got back from Miniboss, uh, by the way, shout out to Miniboss, I really love you guys, regardless of the roast here. Um, I was like hey Kylie are you hungry do you want something to eat and I started making her like these tortillas like quesadilla things but what I did and I totally and this again it all influenced from alcohol mm-hmm. I toasted the tortilla and it lit on fire and Kylie's like uh baby girl are you gonna <laughs> get <to> that <laughs> on fire <laughs> I'm like yeah no I got it she's like but it's burning I'm like no I got it <laughs> And so i grabbed it and then i pat it down to make sure all the smoke goes away and then i would sprinkle it with cheese put a little turkey slice on there and i threw it in the microwave so the cheese oh. would melt
1: oh no <laughs> to be fair they were tasty <laughs> like it was tasty <laughs> but just uh, continuously just setting tortillas on fire <laughs>
0: It's feeling the Mexican side of my family that my grandfather wished he had more influence on me for. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> It's feeling it. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, am how's your week?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: my, not, not as fun as that. I feel like, um, I have not... I, I need to have a day with, like, putting tortillas in the microwave. I, I, <laughs> but I had, um the so the beat battle happened uh last week um and sort of i did not win uh, my my bracket this time around i battled joe november who was deserving of the win lessons there was a couple of lessons i learned out of that space which was that the fact of like um I I had sort of crafted the beat in such a way that I felt like I was leaning into what the judges wanted. I didn't craft the bet flip the sample in the way that was best. I flipped it in the way that I thought the judges would like, and I mm-hmm. and, and it was just reminded me. I was like, lessons learned across everything, but like from a from an artistic lesson to a personal lesson. Don't do what others what you think others sort of want you to do. Do what you think makes the most sense and, and is best and be authentic to yourself and you'll you'll serve both purposes yeah um and so so i feel like i lost mostly around the fact that it was also a really hard bracket because Journal member is really talented and skilled but um we were the first battle on the podcast so you don't have a lot of opportunity to have like the crowd build up votes like i didn't get a chance to get a lot of my friends didn't get a chance to get in there yet um so i couldn't like influence anything Um, it was just pure, you know, ranked one way or the other, um, which I think was great. So that was something. And then I had, I capped off the week with the National Museum of Women in the Arts has a series they call the T, which is putting a spotlight on, um, on black women musicians across the spectrum. So from everything from pop to world music, um, and mm-hmm. so I got a chance to sort of be one of the um, hip hop artists that they displayed. Um, they live streamed across their social media channels and you get a chance to sort of get a look into the musicians creative process. But it was really fun. It's presented by their Women, Arts and Social Change uh, public program initiative, um, which I just think is so great for the National Museum of Women in the Arts to have that you know, sort of open uh, dialogue but also sort of be the catalyst for change and maybe that other other organizations will take upon themselves to sort of highlight um highlight black women in this way and so next week this week uh, or next month they do this every month but next month is julie dexter who i'm a huge fan of from the uk so r&b artists sort were of during the time of the neo soul movement was sort of at the forefront of that um uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm, it was such fun. I got a chance to play with my dad for the first time. My dad plays bass. We've never played before together, but that oh, was Oh, that's cool. so sweet.
0: Yeah, <gasps> my heart.
2: Yeah, so that was like fun. I, I had a good time, and my dad had a good time too. Like, I could totally tell. And it was, you know, we got a chance to live stream it, so it wasn't like a live audience. It was my dad's first time live streaming something. So, <laughs> so it was just sort of like, you know, it was just like first times all around. I had such a good time. It was like, um, but yeah, I, I will definitely be posting up the footage of that soon. They just sent it to me, so yay. It was it was a cap of like a beautiful week though. And that was also my mom and dad's 40th wedding anniversary. And uh which is a huge milestone, right? Like, and um,
0: I saw the picture of your parents. I'm like, stop lying. Yeah, stop I know. It's not like, possible. Black I'm like, who
2: are these crack. young people? I don't know. My my mom tends to get younger every year while I get I older. swear, Bob, I was like, your mom looks great. I mean, both, <laughs> you
1: look incredible to college. like, what in the <laughs> She world? it but from her know. mama. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I was like, mm. Are you sure that's not your sister? Those
2: aren't your yeah. siblings? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so excited, but they had a good time and, you know, with all of that. But it also just reminded me, like, I'm now at the age where even if I was to get, get married today, I don't know if I would even be able to survive it except for 40 years, basically, so alone, right? So I'm you're
1: like... You're so we're yeah. all gonna live to like 120, don't no play Yes.
2: Like, <laughs> I gotta make it. I gotta make it just to hit that milestone. So, yeah. You gotta make
1: <laughs> 50. 50
0: exactly. years.
1: <laughs> you usually get a medal at that point or something. Just send you something in the mail.
0: Are we <laughs> able, so you said the beat beep, the beep battle was on a podcast, right, so we're able to it refer was, back to the old ones?
1: Yes, it's uh,
2: on the Noir Grime uh, Twitch uh, channel, which is Noirgrime.tv. N-O-I-R-G-R-I-N-E um, And it's on The VOD is on there um, So it's pretty exciting They just had there's, uh, the, the winners of the last bracket Just battled again last night um, Friend to the show Mark Cooper is one of the judges Friend to the show Shubzilla is one of the judges Yes um, and, uh, and, and I mean everybody's really A friend to the show of the judges So uh, Bill Beats is one of the judges It's pretty awesome uh, Soyuz Real is another judge Who's a Filipino um, a producer out of Orlando, and so it's just like it's great to have this beat this um, beat battle for just the judges alone. As, as they all bring some kind of expertise that you know will kind of give you great advice. So they were given great advice last night, and um, it was interesting to watch. And I was like, yeah, I listened to it in my car while I was driving down to go party. <laughs> so I was like, this is a you know just getting other lessons
1: like even after you know I'm no I it. I love that you say other lessons because listen like I was doing poetry competitions and I know huh, the devastation like I like yeah. if I lose key, I, I'll just be like I'm so depressed and sad baby but other people are like no like we saw you work your work was great and I like you get other opportunities Yeah, it's like that, that old saying it's like one door closes another door opens but also like you are just actively engaging in your community and like at yeah. a certain point it I feel like we gotta stop seeing things necessarily and like win-lose. And just because like, I'm already so proud of the fact that you're actually like engaging and putting yourself out there. There's so many people who just would not even have the balls to do that, like at all. So the fact that you put yourself out there continuously, like you're working on your craft, you're perfecting it. Like everything that you come out with is like, I feel so genuine and like you put effort into the work that you do and it shows yeah. and like, so I'm just, I'm excited to see what you do next. Like there's, yeah. Yeah. there's like, there's no losing. What? No losing. There's no for losing. Time. It's just- Oh uh, no, prowess disappears,
0: evaporates into the skies.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sky, she became sky god for real, real. <laughs> she became the true sky god. Yeah. Had <laughs> to be raining cereal milk down here. Y'all don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> and V I
2: know you you have a, a big week previously but then you also have a big week ahead
0: because you're oh hearing of
2: something major right sometimes yeah how do I go always
0: busy always sometimes be <laughs> oh. busy v busy v busy v is is my is my name busy. the busiest v <laughs> finding ways to occupy my time is my game <laughs> is that are you proud of my rhymes
1: no, i'm just joking yes. it. hot, hot skills yes. hot track lay, lay it down it. i'll yeah. just
0: crumple up that paper and just <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so a couple of things um i'll go backwards um so uh, from those who um, are very close to the Sacramento and Las Vegas scene, or, or hip hop scene, um, it was announced that uh, Rasar Amani has passed. Um, fun fact, I didn't realize that he actually had another name because uh, <laughs> I've known as, him as Rasar, but uh, apparently he also went by. a. Uh, Randy, Mur- Randy Randy, Murray, um, so that was something that I learned uh, during the memorial service, but what I thought what was beautiful about that is um, the impact that people have on you, regardless of where they are in their life, whether if they change your names, is still, like, incredible. Um, and so I just, when I met Rasar even though I didn't see him every day, he did impact my life and how to see the world, um, and how to move forward with, um, being my best self, essentially. Um, and so the memorial service was lovely. Lots of tears. Um, lots of people from all different parts of his life, from Randy to Rassar showed up, um, wonderful speakers, a lot of folks who are poets, hip hop artists, butterscotch, um, basically hosted the whole memorial service, and it's such a beautiful eulogy from his family. It was it was wonderful. So, um, so yeah, it just we sent him off on a very good note. Um, so I'm very happy to see that it was all love in the room, uh, which was wonderful. Um, and yeah, like I mean, if anybody wants to know or even get a gauge of like what his impact was i really recommend like just listening to his old tracks like listening to his old music because that's where you know someone's soul right Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i wanted to comment about hip-hop in general is that pop music and mainstream like has created this convoluted definition of what hip-hop is and that's not what we hear on the radio and don't get me wrong I love me some Megan Thee Stallion, don't get me wrong. But let's go further back and think about like folks who from a tribe called Quest, Diggable Planets. Let's think back to even like,
1: you know, like. What was that? I'm all slick, Rick. That's storytelling. Sure.
0: sure. So, (laughs) but like, but yeah, like you get to really hear the soul and like what their main worries oh the fujis too um right. like you just you really get to hear how their perceptions of the world really defined their their mainstream thought and so yeah. that's something that i really want folks to remember is when you're listening to hip-hop what are you really listening to are you li- if you're listening to rap what are you really listening to are you listening to like yeah. it's supposed to catch your ear real quick and give you instant gratification or are you listening to like the stories that are being told the the soul that's being emitted the the beauty that comes out of this Prioris, you have a very beautiful album by the way like oh,
1: thank you to kind
0: of throw you in here in the pot uh, oh, but yeah. but yeah like we forget like you know growing up and hearing that hip-hop is just like oh drugs and this and that and it's like no no, no yeah. that got messed Based up Yeah. That that got mixed up. And also the people that they were describing when they were like, Oh, it's just drugs and rap. It was to dilute the credibility of what the black community was trying to manifest as a greater thing. Um, and so there are artists who kept true to this true art who kept, who stayed true to what hip hop was supposed to be and Mm -hmm. what it is supposed to be. And Rassar is one of those people. Um, and so, Um, It's just, it's sad. Everyone's sad because it's, there was a mutual sadness because it was simply, simply too early, um, Mm -hmm. to say the least. Um, And that's how I still feel to this day that I was expecting this man to get as old as like Sonny Rollins old. Like <laughs> I was expecting this guy to be like uh-huh. in a in a wisdom robe with like the gray fro and like the gray beard. And I was expecting him to be that old and wise. Um, but you know, I guess his, his fate concluded in different ways. And this is where kind of God plays into the picture where God chooses when it's time for us to go. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, so that's, that was just kind of like the heavy part of it. And um, till this day that man still impacts the way that I think about things. Like sometimes he's kind of like the small niche of person where like, if I'm about to get petty, like I stop myself <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you stopped the moment that where I could, I could have been petty here. And then I just had to hold back. Um, mm-hmm.
1: but but don't get me wrong there's some days i
0: still get petty (laughs) 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 there's some days i still get petty um so yeah um i mean i'll re-mention at the end of the show as our call to action but there is a memorial there is a um memorial fund for gofundme for rosar's family um Mm. if those who are listening um i recommend that you um support and no donation is too small Um, so just, you know, gofundme.com slash F slash support dash for dash family. So, uh, that's just something that I'll reiterate at the end. Um, but other than that, um, I did go to a wedding to lighten up the mood. Um, (laughs) I mean, one of my close friends from elementary school or middle school got married. It was fun. Everyone vaccinated. Everyone kept us safe. I felt very pretty. Uh, everyone was also very pretty. The bride was beautiful. The groom was crying and the groom's dad was drunk as hell. So it was uh, great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, so I had a good time. Um, and the sweets were ube, which was great. Uh, purple cake, purple cookies. yes. yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Filipino treats. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a wonderful time. And what's funny is like, I feel like it's wedding season for a lot of my friends. Like another friend of mine is getting married in January and I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah, like I have to keep traveling. <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> traveling and finding dresses for myself to make sure that I'm presentable at their wedding. Um, and yeah. Um, and then of course the big thing that proudest is talking about is mag West. I am helping with the coordinating aspects of MAG West. Is it stressful? Hell yeah, it is. Uh, (laughs) MAG, yes. (laughs) Stress, yes. Uh, But we're getting closer and closer. I I have to like do a few more meetings and stuff like that with a few folks. uh, So that way we're all on the same page. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. This is the second year that I've been helping with this and I'm really stoked. Um, there's going to be a lot of things going on. Plus Lady Blurreds is going to have a presentation. So keep your eyes open. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to still talk about representation matters. If you it at Fanme, it was pretty cool. But if you're going to hear it at MAG West, it's going to be involved. So there's always going to be little new, new, um, Easter eggs in there for your guys's, um, what's the word I want to call it, not knowledge. A growing
1: pleasure, listening, viewing, viewing pleasure, <laughs> educational <laughs>
0: viewing pleasure. Yes, it's yes, for yes.
1: your spiritual, emotional, and we best growth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so
0: yeah, that's going to be really exciting, and so we'll have some more deets in the future. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, also the guests that I booked this year, super stoked about who I booked. I'm not allowed to say quite yet, but they will be revealed soon. So, I'm very, very excited. Awu. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move along to um, celebrate the things that Black folk folk are excellent about celebrating us.
1: So, Miss Kylie. Yes. Hi. We are celebrating Meg the Stallion hottie sauce. Please. What? She's joined with Popeyes. Okay. Um, I don't know. She got the Beyonce hookup? She got the Beyonce yeah. hookup, and people are mad, and I'm like, I don't. Why y'all mad, y'all? Quit, quit hating on my girl, bruh. The commercials are the most precious things. Okay, there's like she's been really on her anime ish. The commercial has a whole scene of her all like chibied out, and she's like on her horse, and it's like total anime, and it's like beautiful. I was like, oh, I hope like this. I hope this continues as a trend for her and like that the next music video that she drops out to us is just heavy 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 on the anime references um and then like right after that I saw an interview that she had done where she was talking um even more about anime and like her favorite characters um in different shows but the hottie sauce is out I have not been to Popeyes to get it yet (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but I certainly will Uh,
0: I, which is so her. fitting because she even had like the totoroki like wig, which everyone like <laughs> when she was wearing that wig, they, everyone was like, wait, excuse me? Excuse, excuse, me? Me? excuse is me? Is that Todoroki? Is that my hero
1: academia? Excuse me? You like anime? Excuse me? Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> yep. But she's been liking anime. And it's like, you guys are not seeing her as a whole. I look. We talk about this how they do this with black women in particular yeah. all the time, where they pick one aspect to focus on, and they just mm-hmm. want to be like Megan Thee Stallion, she twerks, right? Because so she's, she's a hottie like with that. a body, she twerks, and that's like, and that's all the credit that they want to give her. But I'm just like, no, she's so much more. Like her licks, she's badass on the mic. She's got skills, right? Mm-hmm. She's doing the dancing thing, and on top of that, she is a whole person, a whole person. She talks about the things that influence her that she likes and it's anime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> eat the cake anime. Is that how <laughs> that goes? Yes. <laughs> eat the cake anime. <laughs> no, eat the
0: cake anime. <laughs> Jay-Z said that. <laughs> Jay-Z, <laughs> said, <laughs> Jay-Z said that! <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: Food Wars? Food Wars? Eat the cake. Anime? Nuggets or whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But then like people were upset about it. And they're like, oh like why is she selling out blah blah blah. And I was like sawiti had a whole meal at mcdonald's and you guys said nothing you know what i mean like they want to come after her for anything they want to be like oh well now she's promoting unhealthy lifestyles and i was just like "Ooh, i feel like this sounds a little
0: familiar didn't we talk about this once we talked about about this one
2: a little bit about like when it happened that somebody else would join the like collaboration with travis scott and mcdonald's and uh with uh um Saweetie and like those meals and stuff, would this be? And this is exactly the reaction that has happened. Um that we kind of we we forecasted this, y'all. We we saw this coming, which mm-hmm. is sad because I feel like you can't be multi-hyphen it anymore. Um, because it also the fact that like, yes, it was the hottie sauce, but she also got like her own franchise. They're making like a six-figure donation to um a foundation of her choice. You know, it's like it's not just um, a Houston-based foundation of her choice, which was also a major deal, and so it was like, you know, l- teaming up with Popeyes is like a huge for for someone who has loved that franchise, like who says that they have enjoyed eating at this franchise. Like, I don't understand the backlash. Um, it's not just like it's not an exploitation thing. It's not like the cultural impl- implications of like, oh, black. People and chicken—that's not this. I was I like, mean,
1: but did they not people... see the, like the original commercials for Popeyes and like? No, I don't think so. You're right. I'm, like, <laughs> there's always been like black women repping Popeyes, like exactly. always. Like that's, it, yeah. I don't understand where people get this idea that like all of a sudden now it's oh, exploitation no. and now it's like this, that, the other. Like it's yeah. always been.
0: Wait, and I'm but, included, but now like, I'm concerned, guys. Popcorn. Who who owns Popeyes?
1: That's a good question. Love that chicken from Popeyes. <laughs> if you um, it's look not at the commercials, woman, I will tell you. I was like, Are "You sure it's not that woman? It's, it's not like a Colonel Sanders." That that
0: oh no, guys! I'm gonna. I'm looking Colonel up the. I'm looking Sanders up situation. the founder of Popeyes. But looking, because
2: it's a franchise, It's Colonel
1: Sanders. He, ba, 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 here's a, because
2: it's a it's a franchise operated restaurant uh, structure uh oh v, v has something to oh must be has a face
1: he's a white man of course he is My daughter, oh. he's but, a white man look it okay but when was Popeyes founded and look at the opportunities that of like having franchise it's like the same thing with McDonald's right because of the way that they are structured they do provide opportunities for black people to come in and start businesses and to start their own franchises in their own communities. Right. And to be able it to... was found
0: in 1972.
1: Okay. So think about yeah. where the movement for Black people was in
0: 1972. Girl, the
1: commercial was three years after the Civil Rights Movement. Come on. Yeah. Three years after Civil Movement. I know. Exactly that. Please keep three years after Civil Rights Movement. <laughs> yeah, keep keep civil rights throwing movement. points at you. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these people yeah. were marching for basic rights. They're like not necessarily able to set up Popeyes, but right. the evolution the is what matters, right? Yeah, because I mean, you people could look at McDonald's and be like, "Yo, that started off, blah, da, 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 some old mom and pop burger joint in the South somewhere, racist as heck." But it has evolved into something different, and their messaging has changed over the years, right? And I feel like Popeyes, oh no, the same it, thing. Yes, yeah. and yes. No, I'm
0: agreeing. I'm nodding my head and saying yes, <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. We need and to especially get to the point, yeah. In the where last we, like decade yeah. or yeah. so, these businesses have moved towards supporting the communities that have really built them up. Yeah. So I have nothing negative to say about Megan's hottie sauce. I got that hottie sauce in my bag swag, right? Do you think, think it, it will, like, hydrate <laughs> the biscuits at Popeye's? Do you think that <laughs>
2: Megan, please make this a priority. So I didn't see the mukbang she did or mukbang. Uh, she did one on the on the sauce, and they said there was lots of biscuits on the table. So um, I just can't
1: <laughs> see the memes of like people going. Have you seen these memes where like people travel back in time and they're like giving the slave <laughs> slave master's wife Popeyes biscuits with no water? And just choking sounds oh in the gosh. background. <laughs>
2: that is hard I feel like too because it's called like it's the you know Louisiana Kitchen (laughs) I feel like it just people are like they don't expect that like it's it's the cultural impact of it being called Louisiana Kitchen there were some people who were upset about that that they were like what they couldn't find like a Louisiana artist for this Um, because you know she's from Houston and I get that like I do get the geographical, sort of the cultural elements, but then I was, one thing that I kept saying was like, well, I don't know about everybody else. When I was in Louisiana and every time I go, I can't find a Popeye's. Like, there's so much other better food choices to do.
1: <laughs> Who's going to Louisiana to eat Popeye's? Not exactly. no one. I couldn't Not find nobody? Not no
0: one. To be honest, really? I think I've only gone to Popeye's once ever in my life. Once. Uh, my oh, first and exactly. experience was
1: Popeye's and then, like, was brought to me by a white family. I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then when that whole, like, chicken sandwich debacle happened, I'm like, I'm staying the fuck away from this restaurant. Like, yeah, I do not want to make these workers who are probably barely hitting the minimum wage, like, tier, and I do not want to bother them with that nonsense. Yeah. How do we turn this conversation around to celebrate Megan again? <laughs> Dear Megan... Megan.
2: Listen, because she's got a chance to do this whole entire branding exploration. And again, add to that multi-hyphenate that she is now a business owner of. She's an entrepreneur because she's now teamed up with them um, to now she owns this franchise. And I think that's a big deal. And then, in fact, the six-figure donation, to a Houston foundation of your choice, I feel like that's really great. And I, I just saw she picked Houston Random Acts of Kindness, that has a mission to promote empathy and compassion um, while encouraging selfless concern for the welfare of others in the Houston community, which is like so perfect. I mean, she is such a stand up person, and empower. She always seeks to empower Black women in everything that she does, and so even her choice of the foundation, like it makes sense. And I feel like. Megan the stallion is such a like an emerging force and you know people have to throw their salt in the game for it because you know that's what happens but she's also got like Popeyes Megan the stallion merchandise which is called the heat and it's got bikinis and tumblers and Popeyes chicken tenders plush dog toys okay stop it yes stop it
0: Megan said merch. Megan said merch. Merch. That's what she said.
2: The heat merch. Y'all want to be hot? You got to like go in and join the rewards program at Popeyes to even get your order. So she was, you know, listen, the marketing train here is like their strategy.
1: (laughs) Strategy.
0: Well, this is great so honestly and maybe to talk about like fast food stuff is like what's funny is like fast food has been this ongoing or not ongoing growing like demonized entity (laughs) because it's not good for us they're not paying their workers well and Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, it's growing into this, like, whole thing, like, okay, so it's not good for you. But what's funny is, like, the marketing teams for fast food are, like, how do we make our personas better knowing that we're bad still? So let's just get rap artists on here. (laughs) Yeah. Like, name our meals after rap artists or also, like, name our hot sauces for rap artists. And then also, like, let's just start doing, like, social media beef between people, like, with Wendy's.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well... I think kind of big picture, because I was talking about this at work, even um, now that the information is out there, like we we know that fast food is not great. And we know um, that they are primarily in areas that are low income. We know that Mm -hmm. they primarily exist in places that are food deserts. So it's like on the one hand, people are like, hey, these people still need to eat. So they are providing a service where there is a need and because we are now all of us recognizing as a society that this is happening and that this has happened they're rebranding to fit urban um, communities right and they're oh. part of the packaging for that rebranding is trying to find ways to prove that they are serving their communities not only just providing cheap greasy foods (laughs) um, that are like nice on your pocketbook which actually nowadays it's not even that cheap um but (laughs) what they do try to promote is the fact that they are like um, providing business opportunities for people in their community and scholarships and education right to work within these companies so a lot of the like outside of the actual food service industry aspects of these businesses. A lot of it is building on finding and providing resources. Um, Like I think of like the Ronald McDonald family donation, how that started and how like all you used to see was like the white nuclear family to now you see all types of representations in families and it is clearly targeted urban (laughs) to like city urban. urban. It's like now all your commercials have like, like me was saying rappers and like, they try to make it cool and they try to make it hip. And they're just adding um, different family styles, different representations of like what it might mean if you're living and working in these communities and in these environments. Um, So just recognizing that when you see the type of influencers that they put Mm -hmm. for their campaigns, Like, we know what's up, and we can see where it's going. Um, For me, I'm, I'm not sure if this is necessarily, like, a good thing or a bad thing. It's kind of both, which is tricky. Because on the one hand, it's not even about the food that they serve, really. Most of these businesses, they tell you their business plan and strategy is more about the land that they can actually purchase and have making money, right? So it's just, like... Do you want the people who are owning land in your communities to be people from your community and people who will actually reinvest money back into that community? Or would you rather have it be owned by some like random person who's not even involved in what your particular set of social issues might be? So it's like there's pros and cons to both sides of that argument, I think, um, but yeah. That's just my two cents
0: on that. Anybody who's listening, if you have some opinion, opinion in opinion, opinionated opinions, <laughs> opinion, opinionated opinions, please put them in the comments below. For real, for real. Um, I'm curious because I'm I'm coming from a party that I'm like I don't know how I feel about this. Like, but you're you're giving me like the ideas. I I don't know how do you feel, prowess
2: I feel pretty like I'm kind of apathetic. I don't. I don't think that, again, I feel like it doesn't land in the space of exploitation, but I agree one thing Kylie said is sort of if it does feel fast food industry oftentimes is one of those spaces where we are the most employed in those spaces as well. So mm-hmm. you know, McDonald's, uh, Chick-fil-A, all these restaurants that are tend to be like restaurant industry, um, and food services kind of companies are also massive employers of black and brown people. And that is oftentimes our first jobs. And it's a first, it's a gateway to, you know, lead to, um, leadership and, you know, becoming a, a a fry boss becomes like, you know, you, you kind of get a chance to explore what it's like, um, in a in a microcosm all the way up to like when you are able to do that in a larger setting and so I feel like i'm i'm a yes fast food is not in any way shape or form like a healthy choice, and yes there's all those things that were burdened in the in urban communities, uh, with these, these, you know, food deserts and all of that and fast food sort of continuing to drive that wedge. But at the same time, I look at the greater picture and I'm like, a lot of the times we are in leadership spaces, there you're more often more likely to see a a person who is a BIPOC, you know, represented community member in a leadership position in a fast food or restaurant industry space than you are anywhere else. So it's like, well, I mean, in that way, right, it's not what I can assure is that Megan the Stallion is sort of changing, um, changing the, the narrative around it. But also there's dialogue. And I'm like, I'm happy when there's dialogue created about anything because it makes people then sort of if your ears are perked up and your eyes are perked up to be able to say your interest is now peaked, to pay attention to this and start mm-hmm. looking at it deeper and further. Um, that's that's a positive thing for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. And look, people, the dialogue does matter. I think a lot of people um, have it in their minds that, like, that they are powerless and that their opinions and that their voices are not counted. But just look at how menus have changed in fast food restaurants. You have healthier options, right? Like people now providing apples and salads and other alternatives, even with like having the nutritional information right up there and accessible. So it's just like movements can happen, um, I foresee a future where it really is like farm to table, but also still like farm to fast food. Because where yeah. those two industries are going to have to support each other, definitely. And so I've got nothing but good, happy feelings. Take it, yeah. make it <laughs> your hottie sauce.
0: <laughs> hottie sauce. Yeah. No, I mean for all the kudos to Megan
1: <laughs> For I really being a lady ho- boss. I, I
0: really hope that the the um the hot sauce hydrates the biscuits um, that's all I got to say
2: moving <laughs> along.
0: um not so supportive things going on um so <laughs> I'm just listen, okay, so we're gonna chat about too short real quick, but like I love too short <laughs> I was just a little disappointed on what went down when he was complimenting women on their beauty
1: um that too short (laughs) why you gotta say that man that man we were oh i wish he would speak to women a little more nicely (laughs) that's
0: my favorite word
1: (laughs) you guys say it like short
2: (laughs) you know that's that Y'all are, before we even had this conversation, y'all Take are my, my perspective on the whole thing. <laughs> like, do y'all listen to Too Short?
0: Do y'all oh, listen hell. to Too Short? <laughs> no, and what's funny is just, like, there's always some old head talking about biracial beauty. There's always an old head.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah, so and he qualifies as a super old
0: head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anybody who breathed the hyphy movement, they're all, they're all old heads right now. Like... <laughs> let's just let's be real let's be fucking
2: yeah real. exactly
0: like we all we all like got down to it in high school middle school whenever it like arose elementary elementary <laughs>
1: yeah Ooh, the hiking movement was a while yeah it was yeah, a, while. Mean, yeah, it was a f- wild. yeah
0: let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room he said some color things to saweetie who's hitting on saweetie saweetie's like oh that's nice but all black women are beautiful let's be royal so anyway i mean i feel like we gotta air out our grievances we are black women here on this podcast yes exactly of all different shades
1: despite how our cameras capture us
0: in the grandia yes. of 2021 did not realize that black men were still roasting on dark skinned black women yep and and or no and like, not even dark skin just black women in general just
2: black women in general because it's like whether you're because it's all through the lens as you said Kylie, right like what is lighter skinned versus w- darker skinned like it's all relative and subjective to the person stating the statement like are you lighter than them Are you darker than them? Um, And yeah, I feel like too short. First of all, Bay Area hip hop icon, as we all know, like, and I feel like with that, he has created, I mean, his entire uh, catalog has been, I will say this, someone said it, it seeks to sort of amplify women, but it's not always in the most positive ways. I mean, I could go through a whole lyric sheet of, of, Material from Too Short—that's questionable stuff. Um, <laughs> but he did in this interview, or it wasn't really an interview. It's like a casual conversation between um, Short Dog and Sowety, where he talks about he loved interracial relationships, and um, he he asked her what she was mixed with. So he was really trying to, he was really trying to make her feel good. And I think there was a level of like, because that was her identity, he felt like he needed to say, well, I find those women the most beautiful. And he never even said anything about um, non-mixed Black women, particularly. Um, mm-hmm. So he he he's more so trying to like, it seemed to me, play up. The fact that Saweetie you are this you know sort of mixture that I tend to have a proclivity for and that I really you know like and then but then when he he implied that only mixed babies uh were were beautiful by saying they were the most beautiful
0: then it became a generalization and then that's when people started to pull their feelings in yes
2: because otherwise he could have said and even argued during the time like as much as I love mixed race, you know, women. And it came feeling like fetishization when you're like only talking about that. And, um, you know, the fact that there's such a, um, this now I feel like microscope on when you are an artist and you're saying things, you know, it's going to be blasted all over the place. So like, I think there comes a level of responsibility when you're outside of like, well, he makes music that he makes, but that's like, that's for entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, so I, that's one, one scene or one setting, but then when you get into social space and you're making these comments, is it for entertainment? Was he trying to make people laugh? Was he trying to just like, like you said, you know, was he trying to like flirt with Saweetie? She was not, she was not picking up what he was throwing down and she, you know, came back out immediately and clapped back at, at people who tried to link her to this, um, this kind of fetishization. She wanted you know, it noted that like, I, first of all, I don't have a preference for any of that. Like my, my state is my state. Like I can't change what I'm mixed Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think, and, and you were saying that like all black women are beautiful. Um, all black women bring, you know, a level of, of they will, they are all bring their, their authenticity and what their beauty is, is like authentic to them. So whether that's, you know, whatever it might look like for you, it's, and she said, she was like, I was raised by dark-skinned women. So she even mentioned that she found the question, um, like some of the questions insulting or whatever.
0: Yeah. And and that's what happened. And this is something that we need to be very careful about social Mm -hmm. media and Instagram live and all that jazz is that people will chop up what you're saying and take you out of context of what you're saying. And this is where too Mm -hmm. short got trapped in. Um, And I'm not trying to say this, like I'm a too short apologist. No, I'm not saying that, but there was a bigger context that they did talk about that. Like, you know, all black women are beautiful not just the biracial ones. And so like, there was a little bit of a recovery. However, words do matter. And um, and there's also the other side of it where old heads forget like the things that they used to be able to say with their boys and with other women, it's now captured and now archived forever. So now words definitely matter.
2: Yeah.
0: And so however you need to transition what you mean to a live audience, you need to be more strategic because the world isn't in favor of like men anymore. Like it's, you're going to be immediately like targeted if you're saying some bullshit or if it even sounds like a glint of bullshit.
1: Yes. I mean, I, and I know we had mentioned his age earlier, like being an old head, like he's what 55 now. Yeah. Yeah. And just had his first child at like 53, like a few years back. So I, I, um, uh, my brother is a, a father and I saw how he changed once he had his kids and I've seen um, this transition I feel like it happens to every single person anytime you have a child your worldviews change yeah right um, and so isn't
0: it sad that it just takes that much it takes that much like if you have a kid like suddenly you start acting like oh now I see the world in a different lens like why shouldn't Sorry, I think I get a little upset and it's not your brother's fault. And it's just, I think it's just men in general. <laughs> I think it's, it's just men, men and, in general. It's men
1: in general. I said everyone, men and women, like our, our views change when you, when you have children. Um, I think women less so because we are already um, kind of brought up to consider like everyone already. We're brought up in caregiving roles and um, not that like men are not, but just even from the toys that are promoted gender wise and the roles that are promoted gender wise it is more common Many um, to- we up, yeah we grew up
0: being immediately considerate an immediate serve like to be s- not self-serving it but what the word i'm looking for is to be ready to serve because like you said little girls are greater good
1: good, for the family for the community
0: yeah Um, i have a baby doll she needs to get dressed what she have to do to get dressed grab those clothes okay she's hungry let me grab this bottle mm -hmm. boys do they get that no they get hot wheels and they get to ride around hella fast doing all these side shows (laughs) (laughs) side shows Okay, I'll stop playing. But no, More- but like really though, like there isn't really any consequence to the things that they're creating, really. Um, and so, and yeah, I'm we're, we are, are all we're definitely a little biased here. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like why should it take a moment of when a man finds a a purpose of responsibility, and then, then suddenly that's when his mind changes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of it, or is they get scared also- and they
0: run away. That's or your- they get
1: scared and run away. No, but I, I, just, um, yeah. I don't. I'm not. I can't speak from a man's perspective of like what's going yeah. on with that transition. Like I just don't have that wiring. Um, so maybe, maybe we should interview a dude at some point with children and see what his, uh, what his change was and why. Yeah. it would
0: be curious to have both one with one who has a kid and one who just doesn't.
1: And just listen to those different perspectives. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Like I how think- much of, how much do you feel that you have responsibility for aside from yourself? And then the other side of it, like, when did you realize that you had more of a responsibility after this one event happened? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, going back to too short. Yeah. Um, he did apologize for his comment. Um, there was an apology on, I think it's vice.com that he said, like, that's not what I meant to, to convey. Um, but it's just like, I don't know, like, no, know how to, how to discuss this, because it's just like one of those things where I'm like, we should be more clear and we should, there should be more respect to just, Black women in general, when it, when, it, when it's when it's one of those things like we've always needed the respect for, and then it's always been it's also been culturally like conditioned that you know biracial women have always been more appealing, always been more appealing, always more exotic, always more um, wanted than someone who has had two black parents, and so his comments are just an echo of that trend if that makes sense. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And for me, it just goes all the way back to like passing in society. Right. Um, And the ability to maneuver spaces. And I think a lot of it um, is survival. I I look, you know, we did like joke a bit about like two shorts lyrics and like the type of music that he was making. Um, But he was talking about being a pimp. He was talking about promiscuity he was talking about drugs he was talking about street survival and so if what you're seeing in that world is just negative realities for people who look like you and more positive outcomes for people who are mixed and for people who are lighter and for people who can pass um, that is something that will be ingrained in you as a child and that does Mm -hmm. take a lot of spiritual immense like immense emotional work as well to recognize that it's not just traumas outside it's traumas within as well Um, and that's just something that is like a reality that's here in America in its entirety we all have this deep programming that um, we need to go through conversations are happening around it
0: Yeah, no, conversations are happening, and I'm glad that people keep bringing it up. And, like, also, T-Short did a big thing. He apologized. He apologized. Like, yes, that's a plus. Yeah, that's a major move. Some people will just, like, say the thing is, like, I don't know why people getting all butt hurt, like, the baby for a second. Yeah. Yep and it's like why aren't we not taking accountability of the things that are said that also take harm and you know and sure yeah too short has all this vocal li- like lyrics what you said Kylie but at least he came back and said hey that's not what i was trying to convey i'm sorry that this was like whatever mis- misinterpreted or not misinterpreted but like how it was taken and like i take full responsibility for it was basically what his apology said yep. so like i'm glad that he's taking a step forward and setting the example that hey if you fuck up apologize it's okay to apologize yeah
1: totally. well I think we've had everything that needs to be said <laughs> about that situation um shout outs to too short for his growth thank you right you've come along like you've come a long way from where you have started and yeah. just in terms of producing music and writing music and like you're a prolific artist and you he is one of those artists that does take responsibility within his community so just the fact that he was able to stand up and say like that is definitely not what I meant I was not also, trying to disrespect um, I, I remember that I verses with him in E40 that was great <laughs> yeah. yeah hello 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 still killing it it really was like you can't you can't be like repping the bay and not you know what i mean not have love um, for either one of those artists um so yeah incredible incredible. Um, but moving right along last week national coming out day october 11th um it was one of those things that i was just like oh i wish like these not here on this episode because if you've been listening to us you know um we are gay as heck on this podcast we are Support LGBTQ plus we ourselves on this panel. Many of us, I don't know, Prowess, would you like to identify?
2: Identify as queer. queer. I feel like, yeah. I mean, that's part of part of maybe like a collective journey of (laughs) being a human. (laughs) Yeah,
1: humans are queer. I mean, but that's me saying that. You know, people
2: will disagree, but hey, whatever. Let them
1: disagree. (laughs) <laughs> angry, cis, heteronormative, <laughs> white <laughs> men will <laughs> definitely disagree. <laughs> and that's fine. Stay in your angry space. Away from my happy face. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Get out of here. But it was kind of, it's. so it's been 33 years. This is the 33rd annual um, National Coming Out Day. Um, I want to say it was uh, started off to commemorate the, um, like gay and lesbian day because back in the day you didn't have all of the rest of the alphabets we weren't all here and represented yet um and so just seeing that evolution 33 years that's older than me (laughs) it's a long time it's a long time um wow 33 years 33 years 33 years and it's specifically i think Separate from a lot of people, like wonder why why you need this to be separate from like Gay Pride Month and um, all this other stuff, right? But Coming Out Day is special in and of itself because when you have people come out, um, and that can be scary in and of itself, um, but when you have people come out, you humanize a movement, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of people are just moving out of the spaces that they used to be in, right? And sometimes people will just hide themselves until they can move away and then they come out. But what Coming Out Day is really focused on is um, allowing people to live their truths from the jump, from the get-go, and also stating how important it is to come out within your own community so that the people who care about you personally, who love you personally recognize Mm -hmm. that they have personal connections to this community. And if they do not vote like they do, if they do not act as if their voices impact that community, whether it be like negative or positive, um, now they have a personal association and they can no longer deny that or distance themselves from that movement. Um, Coming out to me is, one of the most important ways or one of the most powerful ways that you can impact and support of movement um, moving forward. And I equate this not just to coming out as gay, um, but also looking at the civil rights movement, people coming out and taking ownership of their Blackness. So I see how this power moves. And I hope that when people can look at the LGBTQ plus movement, because we had a lot of discussion about this in the last episode with Dave Chappelle's comments, and how people were reacting. Um, But I was like, look, look at how this movement has moved forward. And a lot of it is, one, accepting, Mm -hmm. just accepting yourself as a human being in your existence that you are valid. And then two, also putting yourself out there. And within our communities, sometimes you'll, you'll hear people like, want to deny their Blackness or disassociate or distance themselves from their Blackness. And this kind of ties into the conversation that we were just having. So coming out is important. Um, accepting, being accepting of your identity and exploring what that identity means to you is important. Um, I I come out um, as poly, pansexual. Um, I like people for who they are. Typically, like a gender is not something that is really like at the forefront of my mind when I form relationships with people. Mm-hmm. But even that is a progression because before that I identified as bisexual and before bisexual I just identified um as queer. And mm-hmm. it's like I've it, it is a progression. And I growing. love the fact that
0: I've seen this transition in you like <laughs> also a part of me was like girl I know you're poly as hell. <laughs> <laughs> the way that she's had like different relationships with people, like not like relationships, like it's romantically driven. Like that's not at all. It's just how Kylie loves people is what Mm -hmm. I really loved seeing, how Kylie's spirit thrives. She loves my
1: love. Yeah,
0: So it's like (laughs) Kylie really makes sure that every interaction that she has with people is always like a significant interaction. And if it's deeper Mm -hmm. than that first meeting, then she just makes you feel good yeah and she's not even working hard it's just what comes naturally out of her spirit sorry i i didn't mean to shower here's here's a compliment no, that was, that was great. i'm not even sorry here's your compliments no but for real though i've seen You've it seen like the journey.
1: yeah that's oh. important and that's like valid. thank you and that is important because what it means like what it means to me is that i'm showing up as my like true authentic self yeah yeah every time every day all the time yep and like I give that grace to myself and that space to myself. And I, I literally cannot imagine. Sometimes people will ask me like, how do you do that? And I was like, I, I cannot imagine trying to be someone else. Like mm-hmm. that, that is a nightmare in and of itself. Like life is too hard already to try and fake, um, uh, to try and mask, um, to try and change, whatever my interactions are depending on who I'm around I know for a lot of people it is straight up about safety and survival yeah
2: um
1: but it's just like the safety and survival aspects that were in my life before um were sadly and unfortunately like literally life and death and sometimes when you go through early experiences like that the other societal um, implications and like bullshit really just like throw that away. That doesn't, that's not what's going to serve you in the long run. Be it yourself. That is literally what you have at the end of the day at your core is yourself. So why not give yourself the love first to like walk through this world and like don't form relationships because you think society wants you to like perform that way. Like that's, you're never going to be happy. And like, at the end of the day, like, you got to be happy. We want you to be happy. If you're happy, you are going to interact with people in such a more like genuine and loving way. It's like, it just reminds me of that phrase, like hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And if the very first hurt is like you hurting yourself because you, you feel like you can't, you can't allow yourself or other people won't allow you to show up as yourself. Like.
0: And don't confuse happiness with overworking yourself to be a part of somebody else's happiness. Like that's something that I I want to make sure that we, we make sure we clear, we clarify in this, because sometimes I feel like with the traditional ways of how people interact with each other, that there's happiness because you're satisfying traditional expectation and that there's happiness because you're working so hard to satisfy somebody else's happiness and sure, you might feel like that's your path, but really it's more damaging to you because you're not really doing anything that's, you're not doing what's best for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm like, I'm really happy to hear like your take on it, Kylie, because it's like, I know your story and like I know what you have tried to do um, to make sure Mm -hmm. that you keep your environment a positive environment, but sometimes it just doesn't work out because that person, because whoever is, projecting their expectations is not exactly freeing for you. Um, And then same thing with other friends that I've had that they think what they're doing is freeing for them, but really it's just putting them in a tighter cage. Um, And so and that's how I kind of viewed like my sexuality, too, um, Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, I'm bisexual. um, But at the same time, like, I don't look at relationships as something that I have to do. I don't look at it as as right. something to check off and say I'm happy. Like it took me a long time for me to be with Cash and to even take me a little bit longer time to be to commit with him long term because I really had to evaluate like am I doing this because it's something that keep everybody else is doing around me or is it something mm-hmm. that I'm doing because he's actually somebody I love being around and makes me comfortable and makes me feel liberated in my space. Like, and that's, that's those are things I had to think about because we've all seen our friends who've had toxic relationships. We've all seen family who had toxic relationships and it all just seems like a handcuffed thing. And I'm like, I'm not here for that. So, um, I don't mean to bash other relationships, but it's just like how I try to manifest my sexuality as like, how am I still feeling liberated and, and free in my space, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I, that's also,
2: important. I'll go ahead. Paris. <laughs> no, just I. There's a level you you just brought something out. I feel like that I'm and and undergoing now, where it's sort of a reminder to myself that you can be empowered to be a single, and and you know and exist in that space of like be the your relationship with yourself is the best relationship and the greatest relationship you can have, and I'm just kind of in that space now where I'm like enjoying that. And, and I feel like people who are, I've always been coupled all the time. And so I feel like people are generally used to that. And so it's kind of changing people's perspectives of like, I feel like people are like, well, when are you going to, you know, and it's just like, but I'm so enjoying, I haven't really had the full capacity to enjoy a long-term relationship with myself. And I'm just kind of Mm -hmm. enjoying that right now. It's so, it's so, freeing
1: yes it is so free and i think this um also ties back not to like make it a super gendered thing but Mm -hmm. in like it is like in america like gender the divide between genders is slowly um blurring and we're slowly creating space for a spectrum that naturally exists within us right naturally like this is how human beings come there's like centuries and centuries of studies and um, there's poetry and there's all kinds of writings and different cultural studies that show that this is a human phenomenon that is global right yeah Um, but here in the United States we've had this like nuclear family that has definitely been pushed and um, just reinforces like capitalist ideals um, and then exactly. how marriage. Disneyland,
0: <laughs> the mouse be attacking us with these promise rings. Oh my God.
1: You're going to find your man, and it's happily ever after, and he's going to take care of you, and la-di-di-di-di-the commodification of women, um, the fact that we have to fight for women's rights, the fact that, like, you could say feminist, and it literally will trigger people to fly into a rage when at the end of the day, it's literally like, I'm a human being, I have rights. I should be able to make decisions about my finances, my body, my pursuit of happiness and my liberties. Yes. Yes. And Um, and that is it. That is it. (laughs) I'm a human being. (laughs) And I should not have to um, rely on my entire entire identity or my um, ability to pursue the things that I want only after I have established a marriage or a relationship or been given value in that way or elevated to status of wife, which I think is weird language, like that people use like wifey material, like all of these things like, we're human beings. You pick the partner that is best suited for you. Um, So there's no like overarching, you have to have this, 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 you need to have this, this, and this human beings, right? We're all human beings. And and that's
2: such an important, like, I have been, you know, maybe some would argue that maybe too open with my child, but I feel like my son has such a full understanding of who, what his gender identity is and others' gender identity and doesn't make assumptions about a person's gender and has never, you know, he's never been shushed or changed a subject or whatever. And he educate has educated his grandparents on, gender assignment and gender identity, they don't understand. They're like, Sean, tell me again, what does it mean to be pansexual?
0: What does it mean to be... They- I love he- to hear that they're asking, though. Oh, they're, my they're gosh.
2: Asking. They're at, they, Like, my mom will ask, because sometimes she doesn't know and, uh, you know, what? there may be a friend or uh, someone that she s- saw online or on a show or something, and she, they will ask my son to remind them of... <laughs> and I feel like that's so interesting and powerful, but like a 10-year-old is educating grandparents, you know, the multi-generational kind of thing about like not making assumptions of gender, like grandma, it's they, or whatever it is that, that, you know, he establishes. And like, he even talks about his own gender identity. He's like, well, I think maybe when I was young, you know, I kind of started out as pansexual. And then now I'm like, I'm happy, I'm, I'm heterosexual, but I don't know what, what, what it tells me is that he understands that there is a a spectrum and that there's like a con a continuum continuum or whatever where he realizes that that lord's preferences might change because he said i'm heterosexual for now i like girls right but like that i don't know you know and the fact that he even recognizes that he had a start somewhere is like all which my son said to me all kids are pansexual when they're when they're first like when they're young kids they just don't know that that's what it's called and i was like wow this depth of like the fact that you have this kind of, um, it just changes me a little bit to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of that because that's that's a life skill. Uh, you're having identity and understanding your own gender identity is a life skill. It's no a longer like skill. a thing you cannot tell children like, well, they're pushing an agenda on our children.
0: If no, Oh no, that- kids are being sexual, what? I'm like- yeah it's not even like kids I are being know. sexual and running off having sex it's not even that it's like mm, i get so mad about that because it's like can we talk about the amount of cartoons and the amount of like children's programming that like implies that there's mommy and daddy yeah. and has exactly like that's subtleties disney you have to kiss the princess to wake her up excuse mm-hmm. me like don't come, don't say that we're pushing this agenda. We're just put, there is no push to agenda, you know? Exactly. It, but if you keep information away from kids, then you look like the fool for not better educating them.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, and also in terms of education, like we didn't get child, like or we, I did not get um, a child psychology course um, until I got to college. Yep, nope, me either. And I think... If you are able to introduce chemistry and you're able to start talking about psychology in middle school and um, start introducing some of these heavier topics, why wouldn't you also introduce psychology? Because now you're giving tools to children, you know, middle school, I feel like is an appropriate age where you can start to then like self-analyze, right? Because that is part of becoming an adult is looking at your own feelings and like maybe even being able to recognize like the patterns of why you have those feelings, the influences, um, being rec- being able to recognize where society has given you rules and given you these expectations of how to exist versus how people just naturally come, um, I think is huge, huge. And that that can happen inside the home. But like oftentimes our parents didn't have these studies either. If like being completely honest, I'm the first person, to, like, I'm going to college, right? If I'm the first generation to do that, they never got this type of education. They never had that's, the that's resources nice. for this to be e- able to even have this type of conversation. Um, so I think that's wonderful. And I think it also just opens up the idea that as human beings, we all rely on each other. Relationships take many different forms. Friendships take many different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is how we build and move forward Mm -hmm. don't have to have a nuclear family to build generational wealth you don't have to have like this type of marriage in order to pass things along and in order to support one another like as a community and to be like financially safe because so much of our problems I think are financial people are having to worry about where their next meal is going to come from versus being able to plan for the future so yeah um, coming out So important.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense because it's like, okay, so if you're so wound up and just surviving on a day-to-day basis, it's hard to really educate yourself beyond what your bubble is. And that's fair. Um, But yeah, I mean, at least like the only thing that we just ask as like a community is like, always keep your hearts open. Right. Just because that's the thing that we're taught in church, right? Like keep your heart open, keep, keep, hug your neighbor. right? And then there's like a forgetfulness when it's like, for some reason in friction of what you've grown up with thinking and that there's always a resistance to be considerate. So that's the thing that just, uh, it's, it's just an irony thing. Um, Okay. So that was kind of
2: like, we tell that into the uh, Superman conversation
0: yeah yeah so um probably over here trying to avoid clark kent's non-government id over here oh my god <laughs> we have some notes that we read off of and i'm like who the heck is that i'm not really in depth with the, like the the uh oh, Superman i put universe. that in there
2: i put that in there because i was oh that like, was you <laughs>
0: uh, well uh, so, to be fair i'm not trying to discount uh kalal's <laughs> I mean, you can give Kakarot his name. That's
1: fine. But we all know him as Goku. So get out of here. (laughs) Okay. Um, I was not trying to ignore him. Uh, I did come in. You really said, let me gatekeep real quick. Nerdy (laughs) and dirty section. And now we're getting into like just nerdy. Just so happens that we have some common themes in this episode. Bring it to us. prowess. What's up? So. Um, people
2: may have heard the news around DC Comics has just revealed that John Kent, uh, Jonathan Samuel Kent, who is the firstborn son of our beloved Kryptonian superhero Superman, um, the news of, of uh, John Kent's gender, which is that John Kent has been um, is bisexual. And the, the thing about this, why it's so I guess such a part of conversation is that there's all this controversy because people, various people are feeling that the uh, revelation of John Kemp being bisexual. First of all, there's a lot of lack of understanding of like when they said Superman, um, th- that there was a character who's bisexual, everyone was like, Superman is not bisexual. Um, and it's not Superman technically, it's it's Superman's son, um, and that the comic, um, the son of kal is what the uh, comic comes from. And in that comic, um, Superman's son is sort of written in a way that the writers wanted to leave the gender kind of uh, nondescript. So they wrote it in a way that like this was, an obvious next step, like for people who most people had guessed that that was the case. So if you read the arc of the storyline and you kind of were following it, you already knew this. and the comic book industry has always sort of worked to increase representation across the board. So I don't understand what the big deal is about like now increasing LGBTQ plus representation like this was coming. Um, it's always been there. Like comic books have always sought to kind of challenge that notion around, I mean, race relations and, and social equity and class and all those things. So why would gender not... Why would gender not be a focus now that we're no longer in the '60s and we're in the space where we have to have those conversations? So anyway, all of that being said, there's all this great debate about it. People are really angry, and this is where people are going. They're forcing this narrative on our kids. They're trying to get this uh, this agenda. God
1: oh, wouldn't you know? want it this way. Yeah. How can, <laughs> can I
2: read these why, jeans? Why would with Superman? It's like it's not the original Superman. This is a new kind of Superman. Anyway, it's a different
1: mantle. <laughs> the original superman i'm sorry like he was a trisexual okay he's trying he's just trying things he's, he's an alien. alien he came to earth interspecies erotica is real because i know you guys are not going to sit here and act like he and boom. was having That's a normal human experience anyway he's That's a kryptonian he's an alien he's dating and having <laughs> sex outside of his species so you think gender would be an issue <laughs> exactly. i'm sorry gender's the pro- Gen- gender in space it's
0: just the binary what what right that's Stop. what i'm like
2: you're your pal my mind is blown first of all with folks okay who don't recognize it like what y'all thinking of, they do on krypton like we we and we're worried about like this is not this is not a you know mantle or whatever this is not uh you know part of a storyline like um I don't know. Anything goes on Krypton. <laughs> so let's be very like, this is a a global zeitgeist. Superman is like, you know what I mean? It's the collective consciousness. It's not just the comics world. It's games and toys and r- roller coasters and sheets and bed sets. And
1: come on. Everybody clapping when he kissing Lois Lane, like, yo, Exactly. This could be a talking dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> Superman I could very well be a talking dog. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here.
2: I love that somebody, I saw someone's post or something on Facebook, and someone tagged me in it. It's like someone's going, this is ridiculous, you know? And they're like, what's ridiculous, actually? The fact that there's been space missions, time travel, like he punched someone into a different planet, um, retcons, reboots, like crossover... What exactly about your, I mean, comic books are ridiculous. The fact that the narrative around this one particular thing, the fact that there's a, like you said, Kylie, like there's interspecies mingling its Lois Lane and this Kryptonian. Superman
1: has a trans identity. (laughs) He literally has a trans identity. Yeah. Like Clark Kent is Superman's trans identity. Like what? yeah what exactly get out of here it's like what's so just this like you have to
2: dissociate your your disbelief for all these other figurative things including like the fact that there's these ridiculously formidable powers that
1: like no one can beat. <laughs> but like the f- gender is just like i don't believe this <laughs> unless this is- you're alfred <laughs> alfred beat the crap out of superman nobody want to talk about it <laughs> yeah I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, oh my
2: goodness.
0: This kind of reminds, sorry, I was thinking about this comic that was released a while back ago about like Lois Lane finally having sex with Superman. (laughs) And then she's like, what's wrong with your penis? And then he's (laughs) like, "I I don't understand. And she's like, why does it have pincers? And he's like, to grab onto you? (laughs) <laughs> it was just, like, because he's not human, he's from a different planet, so of course, like, his uh, his setup would be expected to be different, but no one addresses that in the comics, so it was just... Anyway, nerdy and dirty, and just nerdy, what? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, he's yeah. so...
0: He's so humanized to be just beautiful Henry Cavill, but really we forget that he's from a different planet. That's so, who? Um, I don't know. Do we have any more thoughts, ladies? Before we move along, <laughs> um, I feel like we just <laughs>
2: slapped our. Yeah, I have, I have, I have said all that I can say about that. We our strong
1: opinions and... all over everything. People know how we feel about it. <laughs> how we yeah. feel about
0: that. Um so moving along okay so uh moving along yes super smash just released a new character and everyone's so excited and tears were brought to to many reaction streams and i'm over here like when is the franchise going to be over? And I'm not <gasps> talking about Super Smash Brothers. I'm sh- 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 Super Smash Bros. <laughs> I'm talking about Sora floating in doing his nice little twirly glide mm-hmm. into the Smash universe, which is great. I I actually, you know, I have mixed feelings because I love Sora. I, was I was, love Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts I, this, was
1: not the take, this was not the take that I was expecting like when we were like oh we gotta wait for V to talk about this like I was not expecting mixed feelings so this is genuine shock please continue oh
0: no if we all know Devane friend of the show
1: yes hi Devane
0: Devane I told Devane that I was tired of Kingdom Hearts I'm like Kingdom Hearts came out and was released in 2002 maybe 2003 it's almost been 20 years And the game isn't over and so one day devane came up to me and shoved a playstation 4 in my chest and says you need to play kingdom hearts 3 i will not have it any other way because i've been so dedicated thus far that i'm like okay this is fine but it got to a point where like the the um the gap between Kingdom Hearts chain of memories and Kingdom Hearts two to Kingdom Hearts three was so significant that I'm like, I don't even know what's going on in this, in this game anymore. So that's why I'm like, I, I feel fatigued, like, because I'm like, is the game over? And I'm still playing it now that I'm like 30 years old. I'm still playing this game that I played since I was 12 years old, if I'm doing my math right. And I'm just like, when is it When is it going to be over? When is it going to be over? Mm-hmm. But all that aside from my personal feelings about the game, because sometimes when people say, I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts for the first time, I just want to light a cigarette and just like, okay, babe, do your thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's an adventure. And it's one of those things that the game came out as like a really cool like mix of square soft and square enix characters with Disney characters. And like, when you're the, the young age of like 10 years old, you're like, this is exciting. This is great. This is like the fan fiction that should have been going on the whole time. Right. And now that I'm like 30 and not really into Disney so much, um, but i love square enix i'm like i'm still playing this game because i feel obligated since as a child and i need closure (laughs) so that's that's where i'm kind of coming from with that but so sora was released in uh super smash brothers just recently it's kind of cool because like it's it's fitting for his character um so sora if those who have not played um but the game's been out for a while so just get with the program Sora is a character that travels to different worlds to find his missing friends. So he was from Destiny Island. There was a greater purpose beyond that, but like it starts at this island called Destiny Island. It's his friends that live on the beach. It's cool. And then one day like a monster comes up and is like, hi, I'm a heartless. I'm going to blah, 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 destroy the city, destroy whatever, or destroy the town and you fight the monster. But in that whole context, two of his friends, Kyra and Riku, they disappear. And now Sora is like, I lost my friends. I can't find them. Where are they? Um, and so he has to travel to all these different universes. So he's in Alice in Wonderland. He's in the Little Mermaid world. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean. He goes to the Snow White. I think he goes to the Snow White world. No, I don't think he does. No, he doesn't go to the Snow White world. He goes to Beauty and the Beast, which is also Hollow Bastion, which is kind of like cool crossover with the world of beauty and the beast and also morphing it into its own Canon with the game. And so it's by nature that Sora, it to, to for sorts who appear in the smash game makes sense because he is a person who travels to different universes. So that made sense. And I'm like, finally he's here. And, you know, I kind of had a small hunch when they started um when they had sephiroth and cloud as the smash characters because that's part of square enix yeah i'm like they're gonna try to get sora in there but i had a small hunch because also disney is notorious for once they have something under their nails they will not let go it's like (laughs) they will they will say it's mine you don't get to have this like even the promo for sora was like with the with the window stained design of Sora and like Riku and Kyrie, like you see them in the window stain, but in the original art, it also had Donald and Goofy, who are your two main companions throughout the game. And for the Smash game, Donald and Goofy are not on the window stained design. So everybody's like, where's Donald and Goofy? And the joke is Disney said, you can have Sora, but what about Donald and Goofy? You can have you Sora. Can have Sora. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can just have Sora. <laughs> So I think that's kind of cool but what's funny is I was reading a couple articles Masahiro Sakurai the guy who who created Smash he said that's the final DLC character which it's hard for me to believe because typically Smash brother characters come in pairs um so like if you have a Mario you have a Luigi if you have a um, if you have a Link, you have a Zelda. If you have a Sora, I would assume that they would probably bring in Kyrie or Riku or maybe even Aqua. Like it, it doesn't matter. They typically come in pairs. And for this, for the Kingdom Hearts universe, I would assume that the next step would probably be Riku or Kyrie, or they'll just try to bring in all three. Zero clue. But um, so yeah, they're saying it's the final DLC character for Ultimate, which tells me that they might try to make a new Smash Brothers game in general with adding mm-hmm. all the characters plus some. But you know, there is also the meme that Masahiro Sakurai is like, I'm tired of making games for you guys and doing all this shit for y'all. This is the last thing I do for you, mm-hmm. It's usually the meme. <laughs> I'm tired of y'all. <laughs> so done, so done with y'all. Yeah, and, and Smash, by the way, has also been a game that's lasted long long time like it's on the 64 even since the 64 nintendo 64 Mm -hmm. so it's like also kind of like one of those things like when is he just done making the franchise when is he just over it um so i feel you bro mr sakurai if you're like we're done here Great, I'm done here too with Kingdom Hearts. And I'm tired of this weird, drawn out storyline about heartless, nobodies, losing your friends, Donald not healing you in a timely fashion. I'm over it. (laughs) So (laughs) so that's where my mixed feelings come up because I come from a place where I started this game when it first came out, came out, and I'm like, I just want resolution.
1: That's what I want. And Rant. We need a resolution i wanna know speaking of music (laughs) just releases uh has been all in my pandora like i've been blessed thank you
0: have you you guys played smash brothers or have any memories about kingdom hearts i do well i i play with my my son on
2: on switch on nintendo switch um i don't really have any feelings about it though i feel like um you know, I play with Kirby, so I'm not really like, I don't really have a preferred character or anything like that. Um, I agree that there has to be something new for uh, Sakurai, though, in terms of, like, as creator, where do you go next and what's your next step? So I do feel like, V, there is a little bit of foreshadowing that I'm I'm not even thinking about that you just reminded me of, like, oh, you know, there. Creators are so smart in that way. They start giving you like keystones of what they're about to do right when they're releasing this. So I, you know, whether or not like Sora is probably not a character that I would play with. But at the same time, I think it's awesome that Disney... Tends to take over everything. So I, I, I don't know how square Enix and Disney's relationship is right now, but I feel like Disney just it's like Google that once you, once you allow one thing, it's just controlling interest over everything. So oh. I don't know how that the, right. I feel like there, it
0: becomes their property at that point. Well, that's like, actually I'm a good curious. point because I just thought about it. Have you guys been to Disneyland recently? I haven't recently. I've, I
1: was like, uh, last ooh, defined my last recently. was like two years ago. Uh, oh my so gosh, was like literally eight years ago. Nine I years ago. I wonder how
0: much of a hold Disney really has on, on Kingdom Hearts because I don't remember there being an exhibit about Kingdom Hearts at Disney or even a released one.
2: That's a good point. I don't, I mean, they have a, they have a, some sort of like controlling interest over it, but I don't know. You're right. Does I mean considering I'm a Disney alum? So I feel like that. I always like, they, they, I have bad views on that. Cause I'm like, Oh, once they get it, it's all it, they own it. Um, if they have controlling interest, but you're right. I'm not sure. I know that they have, um, the animated series that they're doing like they're they're rolling stuff out once they start doing that i feel like properties come next um so i wouldn't be surprised if it's not in the the pipeline
0: um yeah because like the thing is like what like we were joking around about like you know the the chokehold that disney typically has on like their characters and exactly. like and what they do in the land itself but I was just thinking about like the whole Sora thing, like they, like who, first of all, like for the smash game, who was the person on that team to negotiate that hard with square Enix to be like, what can we do to make this happen? And then also <laughs> what the contracts are like with square Enix versus Disney. I'm curious to know who has the bigger bag.
2: Oh, Disney. Definitely. Definitely.
0: But with Square Enix saying like Sora's is ours, Sora is ours and always ours, like
2: I feel like they can own the and that's how Disney. I feel like there's some D- Disney has also the greatest like um, IP lawyers on the planet. Like they they are they are Machiavellian in the in their design. And the reason why I'm saying that is because what they'll start out is kind of there might be some sort of a you know joint development. And that will soon, slowly but surely, you know, it's like, oh, we own the mobile game, we own this animated series, we own this, we own, and so then it becomes that they've just taken over the property so much that like Square they buy Enix, the little
1: sliver that you have left, right? Like-,
2: like Square Enix, what do we, you know? Oh, we still own this character's likeness, and it's like if that's all y'all own, you don't know, <laughs> you don't own a lot, you know? And, oh, and-
1: <laughs> oh, cackles in Disney.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, oh. It's like they think like this character has our hearts, you know, and it's like, well, this character has everything, all the tissues and connective tissues and the bones and the and the everything else is Disney. So I'm curious to see what um Disney does next with with the idea around like is where Enix gonna actually how this is going to play out because like I said if there if there becomes additional properties which is like I don't know about the animated series if they're still doing it because I think that was announced pre-pandemic and the world has so changed um in terms of like you know what what where our our landscape has changed is that even an attractive thing to do now I'm not sure
0: yeah Um, yeah sorry I was like looking while I was trying to see if there was any like disney or kingdom hearts representation at disney like like a ride or like like somebody it's very like not mentioned it's like i'm i'm looking at quora and and apparently i think they can sell kingdom hearts merch but the the representation is low like low okay. low so i'm just it's not
1: like a kingdom hearts world who? or a horn or anything
0: <laughs> yeah my brain is going like who messed up on the disney team to let the sora bag be so loose you know what i mean so i think that's where i'm kind of coming from with that all right, so we are getting down to the closing parts of our podcast today uh thanks for listening just a couple of things real quick uh so we do have a call to action uh we um like i mentioned before rosar's gofundme is um if you want to support his family please do uh, it's gofundme support rosar's family uh you'll go ahead and like you know just any donation Donations are, uh, what's the word? No donation is too small. So uh, please go ahead and uh, and uh, check on that. And then uh, just some things to look out for is just uh, Being Seen podcast season three hosted by Annika Noni Rose. Uh, priorita- it's basically prioritizing voices and experiences of Black women. Is there any like notes on that?
2: Um, Nothing really major, but I, I feel like part of, since we've talked about we always talk about Black women's voices, but one of the things that they're talking about in this, the previous seasons have talked about Black queer voices. um, So folks like Billy Porter were interviewed, um, Kaylin Allen, who I love. um, They've also done a series on um, like the, just the, the journeys of like, as, as you're sort of taking up space and giving other mm-hmm. space to tell their stories. But this particular season is focusing on, on all of those things about sort of being marginalized as a black woman that you know are so important that our healthcare experiences, our safety, our access to power, our relationships, And I feel like, so, you know, Black maternal health disparities, violence against Black trans women, um, and all of those sort of things that are going to be explored on this. And so there's a lot of, uh, uh, like, preferred guests and stuff that they bring. I don't know what season three's guests all look like, but I couldn't tell you. It's going to be impactful for some of the guests Mm -hmm. based on what they've had in the past. So definitely tune in.
0: Yes, yes. Now, that would be incredible to check out. We always need more uplift uh for black women in general um yeah because of what we've been talking about here so um great no thanks for sharing that progress i really appreciate it and then for those who are listening thank you Thank you for listening to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. Thank you can you. find us on Spotify, yeah. Apple Pods, and our original home, SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lady Blurreds Podcast. For questions and suggestions about the show, please email us at Don't Cast N Drive. Spelled Don't Cast N Drive. Lastly, Beats a Music shout out to the Nerd for our theme yeah. and DJ Tyu, get a Mark Cooper For providing us with providing us with some beats to keep us lifted within the show, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Be here, right? Be
2: queer.